0: Hello, and welcome to Slug Stories. The stories you're about to hear share a core theme. We have decided to explore our parents' work balance. Everybody's family is different, so we look forward to presenting you with three different stories. Take it away, Raul.
1: We are now going to talk about how family work-life balance has affected Elisa's family.
0: Every week, my father would assign daily assignments to me, my sister, and my brother as kids. In addition to our elementary school studies, we'd get a range of assignments such as book reports, documentary analysis reports, spelling exams, vocabulary tests, and multiplication tables. Although, since we were children, the quality of our assignments was poor. My father made sure we completed our assignments by telling us what we needed to accomplish in the mornings at 7 a.m. before he left for work, and then going straight to checking our homework when he returned from work, which was usually around 10 p.m., My mother served as a nourisher, ensuring that we completed our tasks and assisted as best as she could by providing us with reminders, making us fresh meals as work fuel, ensuring that we were hydrated, and staying on top of things around the house. My parents were young parents, having started their family when they were 17 years old, and as a result, they had to move swiftly to assume the roles of parents from the start. To provide for his approaching family, my father quickly accepted a position as a parent and accepted multiple jobs to support us financially. My mother, who was planning to attend college at the time, eventually had to drop out to care for her children and was thrust into the role of a parent as a nourisher. Despite the fact that they were young parents, they were dedicated to instilling hard working values in us, particularly via our daily home tasks. This was a pain when I was a kid. I didn't understand the point of these extra assignments that had nothing to do with my grade, and I didn't enjoy how they interfered with my ability to watch more episodes of Spongebob every week, even though I could never get away with not doing them. I tried every possible way imaginable to excuse myself from them. Pretending to be sick, pretending to be in the deepest sleep imaginable, to which he nudged me harder to wake up, pretending to have a lot of elementary school work, didn't work pretending to have wrist pain in my dominant hand he told me that it is time to practice your abodextrousness all my tactics failed at eight years old i decided i've had enough i reached my rebellious stage and decided it was time to have a talk with my dad about these never-ending assignments right as he came in through the door i grabbed him and dragged him to the kitchen table to have an intervention to sort out this problem i was confident and dedicated to the cause to end these assignments though as soon as I stared him in the eyes, I knew my argument meant nothing. I looked into his restless eyes, then at the clock. It was 1am, and my father had worked 16 hours that day, and here I was complaining about not watching cartoons. I gave up refuting his wishes, but I still asked, why were we given all these assignments? He took a deep sigh and smiled at my innocence, and he said, Look at my hands. They work every second just for us to get by. With an education, your brain will be able to do what my hands could do 10 times quicker. From then, I realized that my brain is a muscle that I must develop. Education is what will allow me to achieve more than my parents with less of a physical battle. I've seen capitalism exploit my father and turn him into a cheap worker, and capitalism placed my mother in a position she didn't necessarily ask for. I am grateful for the work-life ideals my parents instilled in me to push me to pursue education, to make a work-life living for myself, to ensure my hands don't have to endure the roughness of my dad's.
1: We are now going to talk about how family work-life balance has affected my family. I woke up in the middle of the night because I needed to pee. After finishing my business, I saw a strange light coming from the lower floor. Feet shuffling forward, I made my way downstairs. I saw the dull light of my dad's laptop on the couch. His back slouched. The quiet but incessant clicking of keys filled the air. My dog was snoring away, paused pacing. I was shocked. What was my dad doing at such a late hour? I rubbed my eyes again to make sure that this wasn't a dream. Dad, what are you doing awake? Go back to sleep, Rahul. It's late. I will come back up soon. When I was working on my homework the next day, the idea of my dad staying up so late inspired me to finish my homework early. My dad has always been a hard worker. He came from living in a small home with three brothers, his parents and a dog, in a small rural rural village in India, and worked his way up until eventually landing a job here in the United States. Ever since I was young, my father has always said, Rahul, I don't care about the results, I care about the process. Even though he worked hard, he always made time for us and had a good childhood overall. He loved to play games with me as a child. I'm not going to let you score this goal, I yelled, with all the defiance I could muster as my dad was about to kick the soccer ball. He ran up and kicked it. It flew through the air in slow motion and it veered to my left. Fingers outstretched. I dove towards it, but I was too late. It bounced off the edge of the wall and flew off. My mom yelled, Rahul, come and stand for dinner. My mom, my mom, for the early parts of my life, was a stay-at-home mom. Early in my, in my life, she sacrificed her career to stay home and take care of me as I had some issues at the time. She would uh, always pick me up from school, feed me, dress me up, and make sure I was happy. As I got older, my mom would sometimes drive hours to and from her house, um, from Santa Clara to San Ramon, to make sure that I got to school on time. Um, my, my family's work-life balance improved significantly when I got my first dog. Sasha, when I was a third grader, we moved to uh, India to stay with with family, and for the first time in my life, I felt lonely. In India, I noticed that my parents worked more hours, and as a result, I moped around the house, not doing much. I still played with all the kids that lived in my apartment, but I I didn't feel like I was really having fun. My parents noticed and and tried their best to keep me entertained, but I still didn't feel content. My dad eventually suggested that we get a dog, and after much insistence on my part, my mom agreed. I still remember the first time I saw my dog. She was in a kennel with a bunch of other puppies, all yapping and waving their tails around, stumbling and falling down, looking cute as a button. Suddenly, one came over and started playing with me, and then out of nowhere, it peed on my foot. Ew, I yelled disgusted, and I jumped away. My parents started roaring with laughter, and we immediately decided that she was the one. Ever since we got her, my dog helps calm down my dad when he's stressed at work, plays with my mom when she's tired, and cuddles with me after a long day. I'm really grateful for experiencing both, uh, both the different work-life balances and the cultural differences between living in the US and living in India, as both experiences taught me different aspects of life, especially dealing with loneliness when moving to a new location. Work-life balance, the idea of equally prioritizing one's career with one's personal life, is, is extremely important and I hope to provide it to my family in the future. Finally, we are now going to talk about how the family-work-life balance has affected August's family.
2: Back in the Cold War, a major domestic difference emerged along ideological lines. In the Eastern Bloc, men and women alike worked in all walks of life. Conversely, in the United States, the idea of the housewife was being popularized, largely to flex economic might on the Russians. I'll never forget when my parents sat me and my brother down and told us they were splitting up. Your father has a special friend and he's moving out, my mom said. Just a year later, he followed his career to New York, where he grew, where he had grown up. But let me back up a bit. When my parents met, my mom was finishing up her MFA and working the New York art circuit. My dad was finishing up his thesis and was ambitious. Both growing up with the work he- work ethic of Holocaust survivor parents, they were going places. Fast forward a few years to the mid-90s, my dad gets offered a job at UC Santa Cruz, a job he can't turn down, so they both pack up and head west. Santa Cruz is perfect for my father, Alva, who loved the university and took up surfing and Tai Chi. He fit right in. Miriam, on the other hand, had to leave behind her gallerist contacts and whatnot. But it was okay. There's art in California. We'll be close to San Francisco and LA, and we'll move back in a few years was the narrative. It was true for the time being, from Santa Cruz to Santa Monica, where I was born, and then back to Santa Cruz and eventually to Berkeley, following the trail of my dad's job offers. I remember my mom would drive down to LA almost every weekend because she thought that's what she had to do to progress her art career. My dad would just walk to the base of campus and catch the bus up. His career started to take off around the time I was born, He'd go on more and more work trips, leaving my mother with his sole responsibility of care. Um, and shortly after, my brother, taking care of my brother as well. She had a piece in the SF MoMA and then sort of fell off the face of the earth and became a stay-at-home mom. This was not something she ever accepted or was okay with. It was a product of the gender roles they were raised on and him being the primary earner. This trend continued, and in 2006, my dad got a fellowship in Berlin. So naturally, we packed up and left. I'm sure Berlin was fun for both of them, but definitely more so with my father, who spoke fluent German. By this point, my mom was miserable, and my parents' relationship fell apart spectacularly in the following two years. On paper, they had had a very equitable relationship. However, somehow it ended up favoring my dad's career over my mother. Now, in her late 40s and 50s, is my mother finally able to prioritize her own work. There's another side to this story as well, As a child, my brother and I bonded primarily with my mom. She was the one who was always around. She nursed and raised us. I remember there were periods of time when my dad would be off every second week. That's not to say he didn't father us. He did. There was a trade-off. I know that I never want to be the, quote, provider. Not that I don't want to take care of my future family. However, equitable parenting is more important to me. This trade-off affects people far more harshly than it did my family, especially those who are already victims of modern capitalism in other ways and don't have the luxury of not having two full-time working parents. In those situations, it often falls on moms to be both full-time employees and mothers, which takes its toll. It's wrong of a society to expect that sacrifice of its women.
1: This slug story has been recorded in Santa Cruz, California, hosted by Lisa Trejo and Rahul Ganesh, production and edited by August Noe. Thank you.
2: Music by Kevin McLeod.